0: This is a podcast from the Queen City Podcast Network. How many times have you thought to yourself, I wish I could know more about, well, you fill in the blank. You've come to the right place. I am Chuck Jones, Executive Director of Commonwealth Charlotte and the host of the No More Podcast. Each week, we'll help you know more about some of the challenges faced by low-income wage earners in Charlotte and nationwide, seen through the lens of organizations whose mission it is to address those challenges. So thank you for coming, and here we go. Hello, friends and listeners. I'm really humbled that you've come to listen, and even more if you've come back to listen. The No More podcast is nearing the end of season one. That's hard for me to believe that. We have just three more episodes after today before we wrap year one, and it's been more successful than we could have imagined when we started it. That's because of you, our listeners, and phenomenal guests like the person I have joining us today. So, welcome. Now, if you have listened to us before, you know that I love ancient philosophy, particularly Stoic philosophy, and have a tendency to offer a bit of it at the beginning or end of these episodes Today's no different. This one is attributed to Heraclitus, a Greek philosopher who hailed from Ephesus and lived about a hundred years before Socrates. So this is really ancient. All we have of Heraclitus' writings are fragments, but here's one we have. No one crosses the same river twice. The river has changed, and so has the person. When I look across the table today at my guest, I'm reminded of that in real and tangible ways. Federico Rios is Senior Vice President of Foundation for the Carolinas and the Robinson Center for Civic Leadership. He's been an integral piece of a whole lot of puzzles in Charlotte for the last 18 years with communities and schools, the city of Charlotte, and now the foundation. He served on the boards of Leading on Opportunity and Communities in Schools and has been a consistent voice in Charlotte's efforts to alleviate poverty and provide foundational programs to address some of our toughest problems. I have a public confession I'm going to make here and now. I don't take every call I receive, even if I know the name that pops up. But if Federico Rios is that name, I always answer Mostly because he's an idea guy, a mentor, a confidant, and just a good friend. And I know I will walk away encouraged and with something new and challenging to think about. So Federico, it's a pleasure just to see you and an honor to welcome you to the No More podcast.
1: Chuck, thank you so much. That was such an awesome introduction. Um, Listeners, he, he offered me the opportunity to read it before he said it. And I was like, no, I want to be surprised. And I'm so glad. I chose to be surprised. Well,
0: I'm just so glad to have you here and so glad to see you. You know, my only reservation in asking you to be a guest on this podcast is that we try to keep our episodes between 30 and 45 minutes. And you and I kind of have a long history of deep conversation. I I remember once particularly coming to see you when you were the city and we had 30 minutes, I think, blocked off. And I remember walking to my car in the dark. So (laughs) we're going to try not to do that today, but uh You know, I offer that quote from Heraclitus because in so many ways that defines the relationship you and I've shared and enjoyed through the years. I mean, does it not? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, the time, you know, in the time we've known each other, you've changed, I've changed. The river has certainly changed. Yep. 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 Yeah. Tell me a little bit about what's going on, man.
1: Well, um, I actually was just uh, referencing something uh, in regards to Heraclitus before maybe a Several weeks ago, wow! Um, I've never been into stoicism until I did. I was doing some more research, so this is not the answer to your question. This right. is why we no, end up no saying we do it. Um, it. I was I was looking at something um, related to the Bible and how in stoicism's impact mm-hmm. on the Bible, and so that yeah. just really interesting. Um, I think your question was, how am I doing? Yeah. I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm good. I'm yeah. good. Uh, you know, in the midst of transition, the river has definitely changed. Really intriguing that you use that quote, given that my last name is Rivers. Right. Um, I think, you know, my whole life has I, has been about change, you know, just progressions and, and transitions. And so I'm in this really unique transition at this moment, uh, having left five plus years at the city of Charlotte and now coming on board at the foundation during a moment of its own transition as uh we've moved from Michael Marcano, who was there for 20 25 plus years and now to Kathy Bassant. Right. And so um I'm good. Yeah. You know, you've le- I've learned in life to be grateful for the transitions. It yeah. means you're not staying still. Right. You're moving, which is Moving is a blessing. Absolutely.
0: It is. And you've been in Charlotte a while. How, where, where, how'd you get here? What are you doing here?
1: Oh man. Great question. Um, without getting too any more philosophical or, yeah. uh, or spiritual, I guess. Um, so, uh, actually I want to say this week makes 18, makes 17 years, 17 yeah. years. Yeah. 17 years. We moved to Charlotte. Um, you know in all transparency uh stuff was kind of hitting the fan all over the place mm-hmm. back home yeah. uh I'm born and raised in new york mm-hmm. um proud proud new yorker from queens and um we had gotten to this my wife and i had gotten to this uh fork in the road where we wanted certain things and we just looked around and thought it would be really difficult to get them here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we couldn't own a car in New York City in spite of the fact that we had four jobs between the two of us mm-hmm. uh, because we couldn't afford the insurance on a car. Mm-hmm. And um, and so that was a driver. Uh, we had an infestation in our apartment. Um, I was having a really difficult moment at the job I had at the time, which was as a New York city public school teacher. Mm-hmm. And so all of these things just came together and there was a recognition we wanted certain things for our marriage, certain things for ourselves. And so, um, we came here almost sight unseen. We had only been here once. Wow. And the time we came, we already had in mind to leave. Yeah. Um, My wife had been thinking about Atlanta because her mother at the time was living in Atlanta. I hated Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought, why would I want to move to a city with worse, worse traffic than where I am? And so Charlotte ends up being the place and I hated it. Mm-hmm. For the first three years, I couldn't stand this place. And, you know, um,
0: I, I tell people all the time, you know, that uh, we moved here. My wife and I moved here for th- for three years, uh, thirty seven years ago. Wow! So, same whole thing. different river then.
1: Whole different river then. Yeah, whole yeah. different
0: river. Yeah. So yeah. you came and you you uh, you didn't like it, and I didn't like it at first. I didn't. I did not really like Charlotte the first when I first got here.
1: I didn't like it. I mean, I didn't like it. We were at a different point in time, right? So smartphones were not smart uh, and ubiquitous. So uh, my wife and I, again, because we were fairly new to marriage, Mm -hmm. uh, by the time we get here, we celebrate our second anniversary a couple of months after arriving. Um, We would get into fights and I'd just go sit in my car because, you know, I I didn't have – I didn't know where to go. Uh, (laughs) GPS wasn't (laughs) on your phone then. Um, So it it, it took a long time. It took – Building a set of relationships, um, having friends, uh, finding the right job. I think you know this about my story. Uh, within the first two years, I I was fired from three jobs. Yeah. Um, thank you for not referencing any of them when you, when you <laughs> went over them. my buy. It. They were all in mental health, and it was a really, really, really interesting time in mental health in this community. Mm-hmm. And um, and so it just took a a while to feel stable and feel connected. Uh, in places where I could, you know, feel like this was home.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It does take a while. And and I think that uh, I always say also that if you've lived in Charlotte 37 years and even 17 years, you've lived in about three or four different places <laughs> because it's it just changed. Yeah. You know, the, the, yeah. The community changed. You know, when when I met you, you were in the city of Charlotte. Um, you were. Uh, I wrote this down. Mm-hmm. Assistant Director, Office of Equity, Mobility, and Immigrant Integration. That's a mouthful. but Longest title. That's ever. the longest yeah. title ever. And uh, <laughs> but uh, you know that's when you and I met. And yeah. uh, you know I when I when I think about you, um, I think about that you leave deep footprints mm-hmm. from where you have been. You had huge impact in that role. Tell me a little bit about how you uh how you worked at charlotte in that role because that's how we met
1: yeah yeah um i had just done nine years of communities in schools Mm -hmm. and um so i was working in the nonprofit space uh was very happy in that work felt um it was serendipitous in many ways so again my background uh raised by an immigrant mother who finished high school um and a a Puerto Rican father who uh, was either, depending on the family member you speak to, a fifth or sixth grade dropout. Mm-hmm. Um, his father just chose to pull him out of school, and so um, here I was working for the nation's largest dropout prevention organization, and I had started a program uh, specifically serving new coming, it, newly arrived immigrants, primarily from Central America at the time. And it just felt right. Mm-hmm. Dropout prevention, my dad was a dropout. Mm-hmm. Uh serving newly arrived immigrants, my mom would experience had that experience, and I, as her child, you know, lived that experience with her. And so I was very happy there, but I had gotten to this point where I recognized there's only so much I can do in this frame. Mm-hmm. There's only so much I could do um here and I became more and more aware of the challenges specifically that the immigrant community was Mm -hmm. facing just um, structurally. So uh, lo and behold, (laughs) I see this opportunity uh, posted for Immigrant Integration Manager, and if I'm being fully transparent, which I hope to always be, um, my best friend, my coworker um, here in Charlotte she, we worked at CIS together, she had just transitioned out, and so it was also this point of, hey, the one person I always turn to is leaving, do Mm -hmm. I still wanna be here? Um, I determined that I did, but I also recognized there was this pull to do more. So, lo and behold, the city of Charlotte has this opportunity, and uh, it was, at the time, Immigrant Integration Manager. And it was to take a set of recommendations that had been formatted into the Immigrant Integration Task Force report from 2015, and implement them and so um, it very much spoke to my heart and this recognition that the needs of immigrants were wanting to be addressed by our city and um, there was already a structure built out, kind of a framing to do so and so I was super excited launched into that um, thankful that they selected me went on to become uh, well, myriad of things happened my first year there and This work around diversity equity inclusion launches, and I was asked to lead uh, the newly formed office, uh, which would continue to incorporate the immigrant integration focus, but then a broader DEI lens. Um, So I was I was humbled and grateful for the opportunity to serve in that capacity. To Work in government was vastly different than working in the sure. nonprofit space in some respects. Yeah. In some respects, very much the same. Right.
0: But um. But the work that you did there was very impactful.
1: And, yeah. And, and, yeah. Thank and,
0: you. And and it was not only impactful. <laughs> I mean, that's how you you uh, came to us and said, "Hey, here's what I'm doing, and here's what looks like you're doing, and is there a way to meld those together yeah. so that we solve things?" And that's what I mean. That's. Are you familiar with strengths finders? Yes. <laughs> I would be very surprised if if Maximizer is not one of your top five. M- maybe. I don't you know, remember what my top five is. Because was. you you tend to <laughs> sit you tend to do that. You put things together.
1: Yeah. You know? I, I yeah, I pride myself on being a connector of dots. Um and maybe that harkens back to my time first getting to the city and wanting to understand where I was and what was available. I have a deep desire to do the same for others or help people as they are on their journey of doing the same, right? Connecting the dots, better understanding where they are and what's available to them.
0: Right. So we're going to get to Robinson Center for a minute, I promise. But I do want to stay here for just camp for just a minute because what what I'd love to know is what – so we're no more, that's the podcast. Mm -hmm. So what, what do people who listen to this, what do they need to know more about immigrant populations? I know that's a, that's, that's, that's a, but, but particularly as it relates to trying to, uh, be financially stable and financially capable in a new place. What are
1: some nuggets? Uh, I think we're hovering around 18% of the population is foreign born. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's, a significant amount of the population of the city. By and large, um, those foreign born folks are new to Charlotte, meaning that uh, within the last 40 years, we've really seen the influx of foreign born individuals. So, from a financial standpoint, they are very much um, a significant portion of what makes, of the engine that makes this community. Mm-hmm. When we think about immigrants, we, we, we compartmentalize that and think of uh, people that are somehow taking, when in truth, uh, there's a whole lot that they're giving. And if you look at the history of this community, um, you see that. I mean, it's evident in our skyline, which was basically built by Central American and Mexican immigrants. Absolutely, um, It's evident in so much of the fabric of what this city now is
0: well and i like to take percentages and make them numbers so when you take 18 percent, what you're really saying is one in five right so if you see five people one of them is 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 foreign born. born i yep. mean that's that's a huge number and then yep. you look also at the fact that um and you i think you really were were the person who maybe opened my eyes to this to very beginning is it's not a monolithic group no not immigrants I mean, there. Oh, I heard a statistic, if it's true, and hopefully I get the number right. I think Minchayas told me this when he was on the podcast. But is there like 200 native languages represented in well, over, Charlotte Mecklenburg
1: schools? Yeah, over 200 is my understanding. Um, yeah, you're that talking a, about dialects, and yeah,
0: yeah, that's a staggering number. Absolutely. And then when you look at the city and you look at what we do and you look at the work that you did to yep. to in, to 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 make immigrant integration part of the city's effort, it's a it's a it's a it's a feather in the cap
1: of Charlotte that we yeah. try. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. Um, not many communities in this country take make that kind of investment. Right. Um, and, and again, that. Was birthed out of a recognition that there is a significant population; they are vital to what we are as a community. Let's ensure that they feel like they're a part of this community.
0: And, and I love what you said because uh, we're, you know, Commonwealth Charlotte is not necessarily an advocacy organization, but we advocate when we do. And I, I love the the point that you made that uh, there's a perception that everyone is a taker and not a giver, and that's completely wrong right. that, that's not partially wrong that's completely, completely wrong
1: well it's 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 also um it ties back to this this concept of poverty mm-hmm. right and poor people don't give anything right they just take um the welfare queen dynamic and all these other narratives that are baked into things that we don't take time to pull out um the immigrant the immigrant narrative you know ties back to that as well mm-hmm.
0: We have, I mean, we have, you know, statistics will tell you that there are somewhere between 200 and 250,000 people in our area that work full-time or full-time equivalent, meaning two, two jobs. Right. Uh, but make between 30 and 50 percent of area median income. Right. So, um, they're, they're hidden
1: in plain sight all around us. Yeah. I and, mean, I, I was I was one of those people. So So... Right. Um, you know, when, when we first arrived, uh, bouncing between jobs, both of my children were born um, on Medicaid. Uh, we were on food stamps. I think in our first year, I made uh, a little over $30,000 for a family of four. Um, we were struggling. And until I got promoted to a manager role at communities and schools, so that was maybe Maybe ten years into my time at the city, I had I was working two jobs, you yeah. know, to 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 make ends meet to cover the costs of mm-hmm. providing for my family, and that was at a time where apartments were nine hundred dollars, right, versus yeah. um, nineteen yeah. and two thousand. Yeah. So yeah,
0: and that lived experience is something that you can't fabricate.
1: No, no, <laughs> it it's it, it's part of the reason I hated Charlotte, right? Because there was this this process that I undertook as an adult. I as a child having experienced intermittent um poverty, although we were working class and occasionally we were lower middle class, occasionally we were poor. Um, it wasn't my fault. As an adult, the system is designed to blame yourself. Because the system blames you. We blame adults for their poverty in this community. Right. Um, and not and I'm saying I'm not saying Charlotte specifically, I'm saying community writ large mm-hmm. um and so i you know i struggled immensely with i'm at fault somehow i was college educated bilingual had a you know a, a great trajectory career trajectory and i fell on hard times and so it, it helps me understand better the people i serve because I've i've been in the circumstance yeah and you
0: can't replicate it.
1: Yeah, you can't replicate it.
0: So, um, the w- one of the things that that I remember us talking about early on is trying to uh, address as much as we could some of the distrust that the immigrant population has with the financial system yep. in general, yep. and then how that impacts. Their ability to be upwardly mobile economically in uh, in this country. What 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 do we need to do? What do
1: we need to do? <laughs> what do we need to do? Yeah, these um, are hard questions, man. Oof. I mean, it's it's there's no silver bullet to any of our uh, big hairy problems, but uh, find ways to develop trust and get to the underlying subtextual. Peace, right? What, what is the thing that is really happening here? It's not, I don't trust institutions. It's I don't trust. Right. Why don't you trust? And that's, that's difficult to do in a transaction based kind of situation. Um, you got to get personal, mm-hmm. right? A lot of people don't trust because they've been done wrong. Right, because they've heard of a negative experience. Because, and so, um, getting in front of that as best one can.
0: And systems are hard to learn. Very hard. Systems are really hard to learn. Very. Hard. I mean, I, i I, I am, <laughs> I am uh, the uh, example of someone who hasn't had to learn new systems very much. Yeah. I grew up in a system that still is kind of the system, right? But as I've worked in the area that we work in now, and and tried to shed some of that and think with filters off um these systems are hard to navigate
1: yeah 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 they are yeah it's i i mean it, it's interesting i I just went to europe in in the fall Yeah, i went to helsinki and copenhagen yeah, he, and you know we we were going through an immersion process and learning all about those communities and the system is different right mm-hmm. um And until you're really exposed to a different system, you take for granted that there are different systems. Mm -hmm. And so going back to your initial point around trust, some people are coming out of a different system Mm -hmm. and uh, distrust is just baked in. Mm -hmm. Or some people, just the process of migrating from one system to another is anxiety inducing. Mm -hmm. And so I got to be really careful and I don't want to make a mistake. You know, Mm -hmm. so you got to get through all those layers of things to get to the person Mm -hmm and find the touch point that finally gets the message across.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard. It's it's not an easy thing to do and yeah. it's not a there's not a magic wand. Oh. No. You no. don't you don't build that with one instance. That's you right. build that with time and with, you know, um re- repetition and consistency. Correct. It, it just it it takes time. Yeah. It takes time to do Absolutely.
1: that. Anything worthwhile takes time.
0: Anything worthwhile takes time. Now you made a shift.
1: Mm-hmm. So, um
0: I remember um uh, you you telling me that you were making the shift uh, from the city of Charlotte to Foundation for the Carolinas, and my initial reaction to that was, ah, dang it, because I loved <laughs> working with you in that in that capacity. Yeah. But then when I had a chance to kind of get past it and think about it, I thought, wow, this might be the best person in the best position that I can think of in a long time. Congratulations on the move. Thank you.
1: Um, Tell me about it. So neither my transition from CIS to the city nor my transition from city to foundation did I feel like I had accomplished something, like right. I had finished something. Right. Um, but rather it was this, there's more. Mm-hmm. And uh, my good friend Ray McKinnon has said to me in the past, you know, I want to be used at my highest and best use. Mm-hmm. And so you get to this point where you start evaluating, well, is this my highest and best use? Is there more I can give? Is there a new way to give it? Mm-hmm. Um so that's happening in time. I have a deep, wonderful relationship with my good friend, Brian Collier, who sat in this seat for 11 years before I came on and I admired the hell out of him. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, to think that I could even sniff at that role. Um, you know, it, 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 again, I'm a statistical anomaly. I'm a, working class kid from an immigrant family in Queens, uh, that somehow has been honored to be even thought of. I could do things that I couldn't do where I last was. Mm -hmm. Um, I could do things that I couldn't do where I was before where I last was. Um, and in some respects it was a full circle moment, uh, having left a nonprofit going to government, now going into a nonprofit that almost serves as a government amongst nonprofits. it It, it just, um, again, feel serendipitous. It feels right. And I'm excited to have the opportunity to serve in this capacity. Right. But all of those experiences that you've had, all of those position
0: you well in this role, because this role is pervasive in all aspects of nonprofit work in right. Charlotte. Right. You guys cover a lot. Yes. You know, and touch a lot of organizations with a lot of different missions and yep. a lot of different populations
1: served. Yep. How challenging
0: is that for you?
1: Oh, that was incredibly challenging, right? It's, 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 uh, I don't think it would be interesting to me if it wasn't challenging. I wouldn't have uh, wanted to do it. I, I think for me, it's, again, thinking about the system, uh, the foundation sits in a very unique place in that system mm-hmm. and in its best moments has served as a significant agent of change, a driver of change. Um, if we really look at the history of this community's focus on economic mobility, that comes from the foundation. It does. And so, um, for me, it's just the right place. There's so much that can be done here. And, um, I get to work with some of the most amazing nonprofit organizations, I would say in the country, uh, to do it. The ecosystem is interesting here, isn't it? The nonprofit
0: ecosystem. Do yeah. It's, do you think it's, so you you obviously are uh you know kind of like uh, you you're now kind of like the wizard of oz you probably t- hobnob God. with other people <laughs> and other <laughs> I'm not the wizard. <laughs> <laughs> but you know is is our community as it, it, are we more collaborative less collaborative are we are we siloed I mean you know Commonwealth Charlotte works with a lot of collaborates with a lot of different organizations but I feel like
1: um that's not entirely the case. Yeah. We're solid by design. Mm-hmm. Um, not the nonprofit community very much feels as if it is pitted against itself. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's limited funding. Uh, it's it's a scarcity mindset. Um, I, Bingo. I, I need it. This other person might get it. So let me step all over them. Man. Let me talk bad about them. Again, I'll reference this trip I took uh, Telsinki in Copenhagen, which I think was um was affirming and, and changing for me as well. You know, one of the things we did was we sat in on a symphony practice session, and it was a mess. You know, it was all this noise. It was like different instruments going off and people practicing and doing their thing. And then the conductor showed up and music happened. Right. And so I I think a facet of my role is to help be a conductor to make music happen let's let's work jointly let's let's get into harmony with one another uh we don't have to compete in fact i one of the things i've tasked myself with is to find ways to get organizations to better collaborate Mm -hmm. and not just collaborate within their their footprint of whatever their organization does but to look more broadly at all that they can do uh, jointly, because all our challenges are interconnected. Why are why are our solutions not
0: right? And that's one of the things that we really do take pride in is that we do what we do. Yeah. And when I go into a, a a new partnership with an organization that's related to housing. You know, one of the first things I say is we are not trying to create a housing organization. Right. And when I go to someone who is doing uh, recovery or justice involvement, I say the same thing. Look, we are not forming a justice involvement right. organization here. We are doing financial literacy for anybody that is in your organization. Let's partner. Let's collaborate so yeah. that you don't have to do this. Yeah.
1: But and then you're coming to that with a need to disarm at the front end because of the preconceived perception that comes with collaboration in this community right you're gonna somehow step on me you're gonna somehow take my idea you're gonna somehow hurt me hurt the people i'm serving Mm -hmm. and and let's be honest too about nonprofit leaders in this community most are in what they're doing because they themselves have been in the shoes of the people they serve absolutely in some capacity or another or adjacent to that experience Mm -hmm. and so you got a bunch of traumatized people waiting Mm -hmm. to get hurt again Mm mm-hmm yeah, Somebody's going to hurt me. The system's going to hurt me. Yeah. This is going to hurt me. And it's very hard, back to this point of trust, to get people to trust enough. Right. Um, especially and when it comes to trusting an institution that looks like a big gilded tower. Sure. Yeah. Um, but again, my role is to help people to understand, yeah. hey, we're in this together. We should be working collaboratively. We We want the same thing for this community. Right. And the best
0: decisions, I've always said, fall somewhere between the heart and the head. Yeah. You know, you've got to, you've got to have uh, components of both of those in there. But if you're too led by your emotions, you'll make a bad decision. If you're too met, led by logic, you'll make a similarly right. bad decision. You've got to get somewhere in the middle so that you take in both both Balance. parts of that. And I think that's I think that is where uh, nonprofit organizations can be um, uh, be volatile in how they approach collaboration yeah. with others yeah. but do you see that elsewhere is that is that common to sh- is that i think that's common, common to, to non everywhere
1: period mm-hmm. i think i think it's it's i think charlotte is has its unique aspects of it mm-hmm. um but I, I think it's it's a challenge within the non-profit ecosystem mm-hmm. nationally right um yeah, it's 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 you. There are aspects of it that are unique in how they manifest here, but it is not unique.
0: Right, and 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 your your role there really does harken back to something I said earlier about the Sea of Charlotte. You are a connector. You're just a natural connector, no. you, and, and so this has got to be, uh, you know, almost like a candy store for you to look at all of these organizations that the foundation, as you said, has been this this rock, you know, a true foundation, yeah. you know, to so many nonprofits, but then to be able to say, okay, let's look at this and let's see if there's ways that we can, um, uh, int- make introductions and, and make collaborations that, that makes sense for this overall set of challenges that we face as a community. You're great at that.
1: Yeah. I, thank you. I, I appreciate that. I think, um, I, I want people to know, What's out there, and you can get so bogged down, so focused on what you're doing, and and the specificity tied to that, that you lose sight of what may be complementary that exists, and um, what's often just good to know. Hey, it's it's good for me to know that. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. So um, what are some? um, uh, Is there anything uh,
0: on the horizon
1: that? uh, A ton of things on the horizon. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's several things cooking. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, I am proud to say that I've, uh, helped facilitate some discussions between the school district, the city and the county mm-hmm. on the challenges faced, uh, with affordable housing with CMS staff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that will prove to be fruitful in time. um, you know, the Charlotte Mecklenburg Community Foundation, that board, uh, an amazing board that I have the privilege of uh, serving as a staff liaison and support for, um, is thinking of some new ways of how to structure their grants, mm-hmm. uh, how to incorporate principles of trust-based philanthropy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's exciting. Um, man, uh, we're, we're thinking of the role that the faith community plays i was just sharing with you earlier that i i just came from an after-school provider that happens to also be a house of faith and um you know there's a myriad of needs here we don't have enough event space for nonprofit organizations we don't have enough office space for nonprofit leaders we don't have enough pre-k's in the crescent we don't have um we don't we, we are obviously at a lack of enough affordable housing units and churches, a city of churches, you know, ha- and that have already stepped up. Mm-hmm. So many have already filled gaps. Um, how do we position those that are willing, but just don't have the means by which to do. Right. Um, so I'm thinking through that, just, just any number of things, man, it's, uh, I'm thinking about the environment and, um, the foundation has done some things in the environment, but there's so much more to be done. Um, so thinking about that space, thinking about mental health, thinking about the migration of poverty, which I'll have an opportunity to talk to a group about in a couple of weeks. Um, the fact that, hey, poverty is not standing still in a community mm-hmm. where people are getting priced out. Uh, people are moving to adjacent counties mm-hmm. and the impact that has on that adjacent county receiving them, but also the thought around, you know, how do those folks come back to the center for the services they need? So how do mm-hmm. they come back to all these places or how do we ensure that the places out the nonprofits out in those communities are ready to serve an influx of potential people.
0: Well, and we, we've we changed uh, a, a huge piece of our whole model to be more adept at being further from the center of the city and the services that we deliver, yeah. not just virtual counseling, but also training certified financial educators who can be out further yeah. because it's one thing to ask someone to drive from – uh, Charlotte to Cornelius to do a workshop and then another workshop in mid Hill. Right. But if you can have people who are there trained Absolutely. to do those, you can further our footprint. So we're dealing right. with some of the, some of those same issues because it is, I mean, outside of the, the center is where, uh, things are more affordable. They're still not hugely affordable, sure. but they're more affordable. Yeah. So those yeah. are great. You know, I, I, Worked so long and asked so many times for you to be on my board, and uh, and you never would. I'd but never you know, would. one one of the things that that, that and you, I won't now. And you won't. Uh, but one of the things that you did that I love about you is you said, you know, who you ought to get? You ought to get Rakeshala Stewart on your board, and I did, and she's better than you. That's why I recommended her,
1: Chuck. I <laughs> mean,
0: that was really something, and I love that about you because you really do. You, you that, that that was pieces of the puzzle. That's what right. I, that's why I use the puzzle analogy and in introduce you 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 you. Are so the piece of so many puzzles.
1: Yeah, I, I appreciate that. I think uh, I'm doing a good job if I get people better than me mm-hmm. <laughs> where they need to be, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Doctor Stewart was one of these. Just I, she and I got an opportunity to get to know each other very deeply at the city. Uh, uh, brilliant, just brilliant. And to think that there wasn't enough organization she was tied to, and now she's on a, a few boards, but. Um, mm-hmm. at the time when we were talking, she wanted to get more involved. She wanted to do more things. Right. And I was like, my God, you're going to be an asset to any number and of she, groups. And she is. So I owe you that too. Yeah. There's so many things I owe you. You can yeah. pay me, uh, when, when I leave.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going to pay you anything, but I do owe you. That doesn't mean I don't owe you. Um, Hey, so, um, we're, we're running close on time. Yep. What, what do we need to, um, uh, what do we need to know about, uh, the foundation that we might not know? What the, <laughs>
1: You know, we need to know about the foundation or we might not know. I
0: mean, what, what can someone, so someone who's listening to this says, you know, I always hear about this foundation for the Carolinas and it seems like, as you said, it seems like it can be this, this, this institutional thing, but yeah. uh, there are ways for people to get involved with foundation for the Carolinas. Yeah. I mean,
1: here. there's a ton of, so one, I don't know that I want people to get involved with the foundation. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that's the wording mm-hmm. I would use. When, when I think about the foundation, one, I want it, one, it's our communities foundation, mm-hmm. right? I I think uh, the fact that community isn't somewhere in the title, people lose sight of that, mm-hmm. but it is genuinely our community's foundation. It's a space that's accessible to our nonprofit partners in this community. So nonprofits can use it, um, use our conference rooms, Monday through Friday, nine to five. Um, so if you're thinking about doing a retreat or you just need to get somewhere for for some space, the foundation is there for you in that regard. Uh, we're a grant-making body, obviously. So uh, whether it be the Charlotte Mecklenburg Community Foundation, uh, the Cole Foundation, and and the Community Foundation of Richmond County, both in in Rockingham, um, whether it's the Children's Medical Fund or the Foundation for Health Carolinas, or any myriad of other private, public, and family foundations. We are a source for resources, uh, financial resources for organizations. We also have the Nonprofit Center. So this is um, a center where nonprofits that are looking to start a fund, create an endowment, et cetera, um, can do so through the foundation. So there's a ton of connecting points, and for those uh, philanthropically-minded individuals in the community, you can also, create funds at the foundation and and direct them according to your will and and so there's there's just a ton of opportunities mm-hmm. to partner with uh to work alongside the foundation.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, um it's uh it's just great to always
0: spend time with you. Yeah. Thank you. you Thank I did you. learn today, you know, th- <laughs> th- that you are a, an English major, yeah. which so my wife's an English major it's and we've talked about us getting together and we really have to do that. But I'm, I'm now I'm hesitant to do that because then you'll like her better than me.
1: <laughs> it's quite possible. <laughs> it, it, it's, well, no,
0: it's, it's hugely possible regardless my of my wife and yeah, then we'll have the same. Uh, okay. <laughs> but, uh, hey, it's been great having you here. Thank you, sir. It's been I great appreciate talking you. To you. Thank and you. Um, I look forward to uh, just many more times of these. And I am really proud that we have been able to keep this. In a uh, reasonable time, wow! Time limit. That's something. Good that, on us. Yeah, yeah. People who don't know you and I uh, <laughs> don't know how miraculous it's that is. There's other people in the room. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: probably
0: true. Well, thanks, and um, uh, thanks for listening, everyone. And uh, come back to our next episode. Okay, thanks for listening. If you want to know more about Commonwealth Charlotte and the services we provide, see our website at CommonwealthCharlotte.org or email info at CommonwealthCharlotte.org and someone will be in touch with you. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. queencitypodcastnetwork.com.